how can I light another person's candle? And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't really have anything special to, uh, to give anybody. And sometimes what we have to give is what we already have right before us. That's our gift. It might be just that simple thing that we're already doing. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with vibrance and energy. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our lovely music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was a previous guest on Zestful Aging. Find out more about her on judybanker.com. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses and other offerings, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. Hello, loyal listeners. I want to invite you to a free international web conference I'm participating in that's going to be excellent. It's the Envisage 2020 web conference on challenging ageism towards women. Join us November 14th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the intergenerational conversations on many topics having to do with aging and ageism. We're going to explore how to be anti-ageist and age-inclusive in our own lives. They've brought together some great guests, so mark your calendars for the Envisage 2020 web conference. It's totally free, and you can find out more on my website, zestfulaging.com. I hope to see you there. Well, as always, I've got my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side. So let's begin. We have a really great interview for you today. It's super relevant. And you all know that I'm a big advocate of mindfulness and meditation. We've interviewed many guests before talking about the power of meditation. And today we have the perfect guest to help us navigate some of the pain and confusion that we're all experiencing in the world. Donald Altman's a psychotherapist and international mindfulness expert. He's a former Buddhist monk and an award-winning author of over 15 books. And he's taught mindfulness to thousands of healthcare workers and others. He's featured in the mindfulness movie and is profiled in the Living Spiritual Teachers Project. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi, Nicole. It's great to be here with you. Oh, great. Thank you. So listen, you know, this could not be more relevant because um, I think it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say we're all feeling pretty unsettled, pretty anxious, and and we're searching for tools to help us feel more stable and well. And you just wrote a book called Simply Mindful, uh, one of many books you've written. Talk a little bit, if you would, about how mindfulness can help us now. Well, you're, you're right. We're all uncertain. We're all kind of a 
not knowing what's going to happen next with this COVID, how it's going to affect our lives, our careers, our relationships. And one of the interesting things is that our nervous systems want regularity. They want uh, constancy. And so we need to find ways to um, help us overcome this state of uncertainty. And actually, our brain is very much wired to react negatively, to turn on our uh, what's called the sympathetic nervous system. It's that fight flight response uh, in reaction to this. So we need to know, know how to counter that and how to actually calm our brain down and calm our whole physiology down. And there are a lot of ways, great ways to do that. And <clears throat> that's one of the reasons I wrote Simply Mindful was to provide a very a structured, systematic way for people to get tools that could help them. You know, I think of mindfulness maybe differently than some people do. Uh, I like to go back to the original meaning of mindfulness, the word sati, and it originally meant self-remembrance and self-recollection. So we uh, bring back the fractured, distracted, broken parts of ourselves. It's about how do we become whole again? And so I think that um, uh, self-remembering our history, self-remembering our strengths, right, is important. Um, and self-recollection, uh, taking time to slow down, taking time to uh, take a break from even uh, as much as I use technology a lot, taking a break from technology, using some mindful uh, practices, uh, a short walk in nature. There are a lot of wonderful ways to uh, work <clears throat> around this situation that we're all in. Mm -hmm. So let, let's just get super practical. And it sounds like your new book does just that. Let's just walk through an example of somebody who, you know, wakes up in the morning, uh, maybe checks the Facebook, uh, see what's on the on the feed on the Facebook all this and then goes has their coffee and is fe already feeling that like nagging agitation of oh boy you know what state spiking who's not wearing a mask what am I gonna you know should I go shopping today what you know all those little thoughts that go through and sure. feeling unsettled can you give an example of what they might do to help themselves one thing I think that can help <clears throat> is to bring some structure into your day if you're at home and a lot of people are working remotely now sometimes they don't have the same kind of structure they had when they went to an office. So we want to actually build structure into the day and organize ourselves. I would also suggest, um, so that's one thing somebody could do. Another thing is to take uh, breaks throughout the day and uh, use these breaks to replenish your energy, mm. to re-energize yourself, your spirit. And this can be a stretch break. It could be a a breath break. We're just taking a few breaths. I have something in actually in chapter one of the book. It's the three minute stress detox is what I call it. And the three minute stress detox is a very simple way for one minute you get connected to the body and I guide you through the entire practice. For the second minute you get connected with the breath. And breath is very regulating and that's one of the reasons that it's used in so many different um, mindfulness practices, for example, but it actually can turn on that 
uh, relaxation, what's been, what's been identified as the relaxation response mm-hmm. in the body. So it slows everything down. It's great. And then for the third minute, I have a practice where you actually breathe in and notice the breath going to any part of the body where there's tension, tightness, even negativity. You mentioned that, those anxious thoughts. And you could exhale them out, even imagining them going out, having the breath carry them out down the body, down the legs, and out down through the bottom of the feet, back into the earth for recycling. Mm. And so it's a wonderful three-minute practice, and I call it the three-minute stress detox for just getting recentered again. I love that. Would you be willing to do a little uh, sample for us and uh, oh, take absolutely. us through one? Okay, I'm game. Why, well, why don't we do that one? And yes. I'm going to add a little um, twist to it at the end, too, where I'm going to bring in the idea of loving kindness. Because okay. I think we need to bring compassion, especially now self-compassion, for uh, how we're all suffering in some way because of COVID. So first, I want everybody to just get settled in. You can do this standing or seated. And I want you to notice how your body is making contact with the chair, how your feet are making contact with the ground or the floor. And imagine yourself being supported by the chair and supported by the floor, that you're being uh, held up or supported or lifted up. It's a nice to know that we can be supported by what's around us. You may also notice that maybe you feel connected or rooted to the ground. So like your favorite tree or plant, just feel yourself connected as well as being lifted and supported. Let's just rest like this for a moment, getting into the body. And when we get into the body, the beautiful thing is that it tends to quiet down the mind. So you might notice you're having less thoughts when you're really present in the body. I want you to notice the positioning of your arms, your hands, your legs, your knees. Just be aware of that. Notice your posture. If you can, have a nice erect but relaxed posture as you're sitting in the chair, as you're standing. Good. And if your mind wanders off anywhere, that's okay. Just come back to feeling your feet on the floor, your body in the chair, the positioning of your arms hands, legs, and knees. Good. I think of this as kind of coming home, come home to the body. And I love the, there's a a wonderful quote from uh, somebody who I once had the pleasure to meet, John O'Donohue, a wonderful writer, and he wrote in one of his books, uh, our body is the only home we have in the universe. So let's just come back to that home. Now for the second minute, what I'd like you to do is to just notice your breath. You're still noticing the body in the chair or standing, but I want you to bring awareness to the breath. And we're not trying to change anything here, and I think that's important. Uh, The idea that maybe just let the breath breathe you. Let yourself be breathed by the breath. Just noticing the in-breath, the pause between the breaths and the out-breath. How beautiful, there's nothing more to do. Natural breathing, it's perfect just as it is. And see if you can notice even the movement of the abdomen or the chest as you're moving. Notice how the body moves with the breath. Feel the rhythm of your breath. 
And if there's a short breath, you could notice, oh, here's a short or shorter breath. If there's a long breath, you could notice, oh, here's a long or longer breath. So just get curious about the breath. Let's do that for a few more seconds. Wonderful. Now for this third minute, what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can release some tension or tightness in the body, wherever it may happen to be. And what we can do is you can breathe in and notice the breath going to any part of the body where you're feeling tightness or tension. Many of us hold tension in our uh, shoulders and our neck area, so you might notice that part of the body. Even roll your shoulders around two or three times just to release some extra tension there. And then breathe in to whatever part of the body is feeling tight or has tension or even negativity. You can even breathe into where you feel there's anxiety, right? Or any kind of worry that you might have. And then exhale it out. Let the breath, picture the breath carrying out that negative tension or emotion, letting it drain out down, down the body, out down the legs and out down through the bottom of the feet and into the earth, which is large enough to hold all of this. And with each exhale, let your breath, let your body release and relax just a little bit more. So let's just take another two or three more of those harmonizing breaths, releasing tension, tightness, or negativity, or anxiety, or even just one worry, letting it go, letting it release down the body and out into the earth for recycling. Wonderful. Now I'm going to add one more element into this. And this is the element of feeling safe, feeling trusted, feeling secure. And it's very, and also feeling open, having a more tender, uh, open-hearted awareness of all of those around you in the situation that we're all in. And so what we're going to do for another minute now is we're going to be using a word. And we're going to be choosing a word that makes us feel good. And I like to think of the loving kindness meditation when I do this. And the loving kindness meditation is, um, you know, may I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be peaceful. Uh, and then you say those words for yourself. And then, of course, you say them for others. Um, but you can choose any of those words and just let's start with one word and I want you to think of one word that can help you feel safer and you'll know what that word is it might be may I be safe and you'll breathe that in as you inhale breathe that safety in and let it infuse and go to all the cells of your body and then when you breathe out you'll breathe out for others that they're safe may all persons, may all beings be safe. And then you'll breathe in again, may I be safe, exhaling, may all beings be safe. Because we all want safety, we all want to be loved, we all want to be accepted, we all want to feel secure, we want to be happy, right? These are things that all people want. So you could choose any of those words, may I be safe, may I be happy, May I be healthy.
May I be peaceful. May I be accepted. May I be forgiven. There's a whole choice of words. Let's just choose one for today. You can always choose another word the next time you do this. So you're going to breathe in that word for yourself, and you're going to breathe out. May I be safe. May I be peaceful. May all beings be safe and peaceful. So let's do that for one minute right now. Choose that word and see what it's like to just let it come in to all the cells of your body. Okay, thank you. Well, if you were in a group with me right now, I'd ask, how did that feel? Share your experience <laughs> with others. Mm -hmm. uh, but I th so in four, three or four minutes, I think you can do something that's very uh, self-sustaining and self-nourishing. Mm-hmm. That, that is just so lovely. And, you know, there's so many aspects to it, but how often do people just stop, put away their devices and even just breathe, you know, we're all, we're doing six things at once. And there's so many parts of this that feel nourishing. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking about the, the many benefits of doing this. And, you know, even just one of them, even if you don't do the loving kindness, it's just to let your brain pause for a moment well you're not you know uh you're not processing stimuli and i think that's something that's so important to remember is that uh even if you're playing a game on the computer your brain is engaged and it's very active so we need to learn how to just step away i think and look at nature and just give our brain a rest, yeah, just do something or connect with a person face to face. That's the other issue that I think is important here when we're talking about COVID is the social restrictions that we're under. And that can really affect relationships. It's been shown that, uh, uh, that people who work remotely often could be lonely. Mm -hmm. And that loneliness, uh, we need to find ways to try to overcome that and find ways, even if we can even if we're socially distanced and talking with somebody face to face, uh, just for, you know, five minutes a day, I think that's important to try to find a way to do that. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about a powerful new tool that supports your mental and emotional health in what are extremely trying times. And you may remember that I've been a psychotherapist for 30 years, and I'm always a little suspicious of products that claim to help us feel less anxious, depressed, or worried. But then I was introduced to a new kind of app called Cope Notes, and I have become a big fan. Cope Notes was developed by a guy who spent a lot of his life trying to figure out what might help support him through his own weekly psychotherapy sessions. Cope Notes is an app that gives you random texts through the day to break through some of the negative messages that might be repeating in your head. 
it's well-researched and has been adopted by many mental health facilities. I highly recommend it. I think we can all use a little support right now. So check out copenotes.com forward slash zestful. I will receive a small portion of those proceeds. Um, And I'd love to hear your feedback about how it works for you. Now back to the show. What does your day look like in terms of, I know you you have this new book out, you do a lot of teaching, you're very involved in the mindfulness community. How do you, how do you structure your day so that you're nourishing yourself and calming your brain down? Well, one thing that I do is uh, my day starts the night before <laughs> mm. because with sleep. And I think it's very important to regulate your sleep. And so I usually go to sleep at the same time, around the same time every night. And uh, something that a lot of people may not realize is that when we sleep, especially for, you know, here we are on zestful aging, you know, how can Mm -hmm. we age uh, in in a way where we maintain our vitality and our mental vitality, is that when we sleep, the brain is cleansed of waste products and cerebral spinal fluid is actually pumped up into the brain. It cleanses out uh, waste products, including beta amyloid. That's a protein implicated in Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. This only occurs when we sleep. It's called the lymphatic system. And it was discovered just recently. So that's another reason why I think it's very important to train ourselves and to really think if you're going to have an effective day it really begins with begins with having an effective night's sleep Uh, and then i always try to get some protein in the morning Uh, i think it's really important to um, uh, the frontal the thinking part of the brain the frontal cortex the executive part of the brain requires protein throughout the day and um, Actually, protein breaks down into amino acids, and these are the building blocks for our neurotransmitters, for memory, things like memory, things like um, uh, 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 mental uh, problem solving, and uh, even flexibility, uh, response flexibility, or uh, you know, mental adaptability. So we need to attend to that. Then I think it's good to get, um, I like to take a walk every day, Mm-hmm. Um, I'll sit down at the computer in the morning. I, I do a lot of writing, um, and I <clears throat> and I think sometimes it's good to uh, if I'm really working on something. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes I'll do that before I even look at emails, just so I have a um, a more focused way of looking at my work. Um, and then I'll you know usually do a walk in the afternoon. There's a I live out kind of out in the country, so I could do some long walks and. Uh, it's hilly out here, um, but I um, and then I try to have uh, personal time with my wife and getting together, uh, having a meal together if she's if she's working uh, at, a, at the office where she sometimes goes. So it's um, there, there's a there's a structure there. Mm. Uh, it might it be a little intentional. Yeah, I think I think that's the key word, isn't it? That's. That's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And I talk a lot about intentionality in the book. Intentionality and discipline are kind of intertwined. 
there's a, a great quote that I really like from a, from a Sufi master, Iniyat Khan, and he said, um, uh, freedom is not the path to freedom. Discipline is the path to freedom. Oh. And so we, we need to apply effort to anything that you're doing, especially a mindfulness practice. And anybody who has done that knows that uh, you need to, um, you know, be consistent with that practice. I also have a, uh, I like to do some kind of a meditation every day. <clears throat> and I have a space for that. But even just sitting outside is a, is a beautiful space to sit and get present. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that, uh, and, and actually, I don't know if, uh, if some of your listeners might have known this, but there's a whole field of study that shows that nature actually replenishes our mental energy. It's good for the brain. Mm -hmm. Just looking at nature for a few minutes. Absolutely. We have podcasts on that, on the oh, science of nature yeah, and green great. spaces. One of my favorite subjects, <laughs> forest well, bathing. I, yeah, forest <laughs> bathing. It's, I just, <laughs> and I'm in Oregon. You can do a lot of forest Yo, bathing out there. Oh, <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, that's so important. And the fractals and being. Yeah. And, yep, I, I love that. That sounds so important. And so I love, you know, this is a really interesting idea about discipline. And I think discipline may have kind of become a dirty word somehow. It's like, oh, you know, I, I, maybe the culture is moving towards sort of do what you feel, you know, uh, <laughs> uh -huh. what feels good. Um, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. But there does, t it does take some effort and it is easier to lay on the couch and just, you know, watch Netflix, reload, to, you know, yeah. more and more and more and more. You don't even have to, you don't have to press a button. They just say, do you want to see more? <laughs> sure. So, but the idea yeah. of like fighting the inertia and saying, you know what, I've watched as much as, you know, I've watched Shits Creek now, how many times? And yeah. I, you know, and I think what might really help me feel better is take my dog for a walk mm. even just around the neighborhood yeah so i think that's really important is to even do one thing you know i had a, a friend who was a, a fighter pilot and uh back in the vietnam era and he is a teacher now and he said that when he was a pilot they taught you that if you're under enemy attack you just had to do the next thing to survive Mm -hmm. And the next thing after that, and you're not thinking about the past, you're not thinking about the future, you're very present. And I think that we sometimes, uh, yeah, we, we check out, we go numb. And I think that one of the things we need to do is to bring vitality into our life. It's to, to get engaged in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the ways that I think that as we age, that uh, we have an opportunity to do what I call light another's candle. So mm. how can I be a mentor? How can I do something? Uh, you know, it's kind of like paying back. Everybody's had a benefactor in their life. And if you think about it, all the benefactors you've had from that kindly teacher when you were a kid, um, maybe the next door neighbor who, you know, looked after you from time to time, maybe it was a friend or a relative uh, or somebody at work who, kind of showed you the ropes and helped you 
uh, further your career. So I think there were so many benefactors that we have that we get to a point where I think it's more important to think about how can I light another person's candle? And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't really have anything special to, uh, to give anybody. And then I'm reminded of uh, the story. I like to share the story of a man I met. I interviewed him, actually. And um, he, uh, his daughter, he was a barber. And um, that's what he had done for many years. And his daughter became ill and uh, had to go to a clinic. It was very expensive surgery she needed. He couldn't afford it, but they said, look, we we're gonna, we would like to just do this to help you out. And afterwards, he was so grateful. He said, well, what can I do to, I'd like to repay you in some way. And they said, well, you know, we get a lot of people that come in who don't, aren't uh, very well off or really they're, um, <clears throat> even some homeless people come here seeking services and maybe you could give them haircuts. <laughs> and uh, and that became uh, kind of like his purpose in life, his mission. And this this uh, barber would uh, provide vouchers to different homeless centers all around Portland. And he had done thousands of haircuts. And so the day that I was interviewing him, somebody came in and um, uh, was trying to get a job and, uh, and, and said, you know, I'm getting this voucher. I'm hoping that, you know, if I look, uh, get a haircut, I'll look better, it'll make me feel better, maybe I can get this job I'm trying to get. And so he was doing a beautiful thing. And sometimes what we have to give is what we already have right before us. That's mm -hmm. our gift. It might be just that simple thing that we're already doing. And uh, we don't have, don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. Our, I'm hearing two yeah. things that I know are dear to you and to me as well. And uh, the research really supports is the practice of gratitude um, mm -hmm. and also leaving a legacy where you are, as you said, paying it forward. And you're like planting the seeds of trees you may never see. Oh, that's a beautiful metaphor. Uh, yeah. And it, and it really is true. I think we are planting the seed when we seeds well, when we give back and and that legacy continues on mm -hmm. right and uh, gratitude is is so amazing it, it actually comes from the word uh, gratitudo which is the original uh meaning for a grace at mealtime to find gratitude for what you find pleasant at mealtime so it's it, it traces way back Aha, uh -huh. I did not that. know that yeah. origin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so I think too, uh, and, and it really can, uh, it's like mental jujitsu. That's kind of <laughs> how I think of it. <laughs> it can flip you around from a negative mindset mm -hmm. into and change your view toward anything, even things that might be difficult in your life. So I call that paradoxical gratitude, having gratitude, for, uh, wishing for the things you didn't have in your life and having gratitude for those. Mm -hmm. I love that. I have not heard about the paradoxical gratitude. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a new twist. Well, I had a lady in a workshop one time who, who when I uh, presented that idea, she raised her hand and she said, well, I had lost my home in a tornado and I never in my 
wildest dreams could have thought I'd be thankful for that. But the whole community came forward and helped me through that. And I was so touched by that. I always had the illusion, she said, that I was alone in life, that you kind of had to survive on your own. And it changed my whole world view. Wow. And I'm so grateful for that. Wow. Wow. So, Donald Altman, what is your legacy? What is the legacy that you are working on leaving? Well, I, I have to tell you, I, uh, I I sometimes hear from readers of my books, and and I guess there's really nothing as satisfying as hearing when somebody writes back and says, well, this really uh, changed things for me. It helped me with my depression or my anxiety or just, uh, you know, it was meaningful, and it... it, it help me connect with others or whatever that may be. And it's kind of completing a cycle as a writer. It's interesting. When I was a little boy, I, I loved when we, uh, in grade school, we would have these book fairs and I could not have been more enamored of books <laughs> when I was a little boy. <laughs> I wanted every, all of them. Right. Wow. <laughs> I remember those. You would order them, right? And then they would come in. Yeah. Weeks later, it was like a big, a present or something, oh, a big it was, gift. It was incredible. It was a yeah. highlight, a highlight <laughs> of the year. And so to be able to connect with, uh, to be able to, to write and share ideas that are beneficial to others, I hope, and then to hear them uh, uh, getting benefit from that means a lot to me. So I, mm -hmm. I couldn't be happier. Uh, so I hope that, that the work I'm creating and um and of course, sharing ideas that have been uh, used from a lot of sages throughout history mm -hmm. uh, and helping, uh, helping keep those ideas alive as well. I see. Oh, I, the, the historical connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So people are going to want to know more because people, as, as we all know, are just looking for some peace and looking for some you know, practices that they can use to feel more healthy and, and well. Where can they find more about your book and about you? Well, I think one of the ideal places would be to go to my website, which is mm -hmm. mindfulpractices.com. Okay. <laughs> That's M-I-N-D-F-U-L practices, plural, dot com. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, you can get the books at uh, Simply Mindful is on uh, Amazon or you can okay. order it from bookstores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I even have a Reflect community, which I, I should mention. And, and it's uh, facebook.com forward slash MND. I take the I out of mindfulness oh, there. Oh, okay. MND. F U L practices. Okay, and people can go on and um, yeah, in a, in a Facebook group with people in who a, are interested. Right, right, and so I uh, put a lot of information up there about reflecting and how to, uh, which I think is, is something we very much need to do in this in this twenty four seven stimulated world that we're in, is to pause, hit the pause button, and mm. practice reflection. Mm hmm. That is for sure. 
Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for doing that exercise with us. I want to remind our listeners not to do that while they're driving. Oh, right. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I love, I love the practical aspect, too, that people could just start doing it immediately and, and feel what it feels like and, and, and know that, you know, they can do it as many times as they would like to do it and as many times as they need to. And certainly uh, we know it works and it's helpful because we, we've seen the brain scans. Right, right, right. It's nice before uh, just to take a little break and take three minutes for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Nicole. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.